The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated by North Fork Bank and its private banking department with Gabriel Safti. Hashem Ishmedehu Bihayehu. We would like to thank North Fork Bank and urge our listeners to patronize this generous financial institution. On a uh, private note, we'd like to thank Mr. Gabriel Safti for his continued support for all our programs here at uh, Daf Yomi, Torah Learning Resources, and the Torah Center. Today's Daf has been dedicated in memory of Yosef Ben Mazal and Shedomor Rafael Ben Mazal. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Gemara Yoma. Dav Samech Tet. Today's Dav is being said Le'alu Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihanu Began Eden. Amen. Today's Dav is being studied Latzlachat, the Matzav in Eretz Yisrael, especially the displaced people in the north, that Be'ezat Hashem should come home safely back to their houses. And Be'ezat Hashem, all Toshav Eretz Yisrael, Throughout Eretz Yisrael should be b'shalom, uh, should be safe, and Be'azat Hashem, Am Yisrael should uh, merit to have victory from all of their enemies. Be'azat Hashem, Ubal Esyon Goel, Amen Amen. We begin today's daf on Samech Het Amud Bet. I just want to go back, um, just to review, because we're in the middle of a sugya over here. Basically, the question of the Gemara. And we'll start it from one, two, three, four, five lines from the bottom and read it over again. The Ibayalan. We have a question in the Gemara Basically the question is that the close of the Kohen, uh, is it permissible to have Hana'a from them or not? Are you allowed to benefit from them or not? Outside obviously of the Avodah. Tashema lo ayu yishinim bebigdei kodesh. The writer says they wouldn't sleep in the bigdei kodesh. So the Gemara makes it the yuk shina hu delo sleeping they wouldn't hamichal achle, but implying that they did something else. For example, eating. So you see what the hanaa is permissible because they're eating. So then why did the writer choose sleeping? Because sleeping is issued for a different reason. Shema yafiyah behem because they might pass wind in the um, sleep and if it's not kavod for the bigdei kewana, but eating. Is okay? Gemara says no. Dilmashani achila the tzorich avodahi. Consider achila is different because achila is indeed uh, a purpose connected to the service of the kohen. How is achila even connected? Kedetayim we have a brayta. The achilu otam asher kupar bayim says that Aaron and his sons ate from the korbanot and that atoned for them. So we learn from over here that men shakwanim ochlim ubealim et kapelim that part of the Kapara process is when the Kohanim eat, the owners receive Kapara. So therefore, um, could be that Hana'a is really forbidden, but Achila is considered Tzorik Avodah. So Gibraltar says, fine. It revises its proof. Gibraltar says, Shena Hudelo. Okay, sleeping is forbidden. Ha Heluche Mehalche. Implying that what? If you want to stroll or walk with the Big Day Keuna, that's okay. So he sees Mutata Bana'a. Really, I'll tell you that even walking and strolling is asur. Oh, so then why did it mention sleeping if everything is asur? And the reason why I chose sleeping is to teach us a hadush in the end of that brayta that says what? That the Kohanim are able to fold Well actually Pushtim is take them off the clothes Fold them and place them under their heads And the Hidush is that uh, While you're not allowed to sleep With the Big Because that would be considered Let's say a Hana'a However you're allowed to fold them up And put them under your head And the Gemara will ask right away That that shows you that you're allowed to have Hana'a now, uh, Stam, they ask a question at this point, the Mefarshim was brought down by the Be'er uh, Sheva, that we have a halakha from the Gemara Horayot, that if somebody sleeps and puts his head under his garments, he forgets his learning. 
So therefore, what was the Gemara even thinking over here? That the Kohen is going to put his uh, clothes under his head and sleep? Yeah, how could we uh, think that? So, according to the, the Mishnah Berurah in Siman Bet, he says, if you put something in between the item, the garment that you're sleeping on, and your head, there's no uh, problem of forgetting your learning. So at this point, you could say that they put something uh, in between, so it's not, his head is not directly on the uh, item, uh, on the garment itself. Oh, that's another answer that they want to say. Some want to say that that's only on your clothes. But these clothes over here are not necessarily uh, his. They belong to the Kehunah, different Kohanim, wear the clothes from time to time. So that's uh, another answer. Very good. Now, so comes Gavaran says, Poshtim umekaplin umanihin otan tahat nashen shma' minna bigde Kehunah nitu lehanot bahen. So we're back to the proof. That you see what? That indeed... You're allowed to have Hana'a because we're allowing them to lie on them. Now you see over here, which is not only allowed to have Hana'a, let's say, when you're wearing it, because when you're wearing it, there's a logic to say you can have Hana'a because we saw Sivara earlier, the Torah was not given to the Malachi Asharet. Now, when the Quran finishes Avodah, you can't demand him to that second take it off. He's going to be wearing it for a while until you give him a chance to take it off. So we can, we can say, since Hana'a is inevitable, so the rabbis, uh, they said, like uh, they made a tonight bed deen, and they said, listen, the clothes of the Kehunah, there is no uh, Isud of Hana'a. But you could argue that's only when you're wearing it. But here you see already, no, even, not when you're wearing it, even to use them outside the... Uh, Realm of wearing it, for example, using it as a uh, pillow, it's okay. That's the way the the Tzibas says. Comes the Gemara says, no, Amara Papa, lo tema tahat rashehen ela ema keneged rashehen. Ah, don't learn the brayta when it said tahat that they put it under the heads. They put it keneged. They put it next to the heads. So really, Hanakitali is asur. The reason why it chose sleeping, because sleeping, the zenyan of hafaha, right? That's a, a separate, a special item. Which means besides the regular uh, isud of hana'ah, the sleeping is another zenyan of that shema yafi'ah. And the hadush of the b'raita is that we're not concerned about hafaha when you place it next to your head. I mean, that's not going to be a concern, only when you're actually uh, wearing it. So comes the Gibran says... From here we can also learn We can learn over here that a person is allowed to place his tefillin next to his head and we're not concerned, just like we're not concerned by the clothes of the Kohen. Now let's analyze. What's the inyan of the uh, tefillin? We know there's a suit of hafaha when one is wearing his tefillin. So, for that matter, one would not be allowed to be wearing his tefillin when he goes to sleep. But we see over here that just like you're allowed to take the clothes of the Kohen and put them next to his head, and there we're not so concerned about hafaha because they're only next to him, he's not wearing them. So the, the rabbi wants to say this, huadin, when it comes to the anyan of tefillin, that would be the same, the same concept. Which means, uh, if you look at Rashi over here, tefillin bin atzad, fourth line, Lanihan it's law Keshu Yesh and I can read the word one before that. Uh Shemak Minad Midemutalihan it's law from the fact that we allow to place the garments next to his head, Lochayish Lashima Yafiyah, and we're not concerned about Shema Yafiyah. Now, what does this mean, Lochayish Lashima Yafiyah? You have to say that she means that even though he might be Mafiyah we're not concerned because it's next to his, next to his head. So, tefidin min atzad lanihan etzlo kishu yeshen. That's the way that she says over here. Uh, Rashi in Basichet uh, Tamid, he says the hadush is that we're not concerned that you might roll over in your sleep and, you know, uh, smother the uh, tefidin or uh, do something to the tefidin. That's the, uh, the, 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 the hadush that you learn over here. And you might end up coming and uh, lying on them. Okay.
Okay, and we go further. So again, we learned the deen by the tefillin from the close of the Kohen. Comes the Gemara and says, "Achi namem istabrad ichneged rashehin." We're going to bring now proof, logical proof, that the clothes of the Kohen were not under his head, mamash. It was next to his head. Why? The Because if you're going to tell me it was mamash under his head, which means you have another problem. You have another problem that one of the clothes, for example, the Evnit, the belt of the Kohen, according to some opinions, as we'll see now, was made of sharpness. So if it's made of sharpness, you can't lie on it because you're going to receive hana'ah from sharpness. So the Gemara says, "Tipu mishum kilayim." So he says, "Da'ika v'tipu mishum da'ika adnet," because there is the belt of the kohen. So he says. Even if you want to say that the clothes are permissible to have Hana'ah, which means even if you want to say that Hana'ah by the Begadim is permissible. Alright, but that's only going to be when he's wearing it. When he's wearing it, okay, so we waive the rules of Kilayim as well. And even according to the Tosafot, the way Tosafot explains that we waive the Isur of Kilayim. Not only during Avodah, but since and we allow him to wear it even after, so we would wave Shatnez even after the Avodah. But we're not going to wave it, him to go and put it under his head to use it as a, uh, a pillow. That's already uh, Shatnez. That already we're not going to wave. So comes again when says, Hani which means, according to the opinion that says that the avnet of the Kohen Gadol that he wears on Kippur, on the avnet of the Kohen Gadol on Kippur was the big debuts, it was all linen. So according to the opinion that says that the Kohen Gadol's avnet of Kippur was the Kohen Hidyot's avnet of all year, meaning it wasn't Shatnez, so then already we have no question. That's why there was a question that maybe he slept on it, because it's not Shatnez. However... But according to the opinion that says that the Kohen Gadol's Abnet on Kippur is not the Kohen Hediot's belt of all year, meaning the Kohen Hediot belt all year is indeed Shatnez. Oh, so what are you going to say? Which means that you have to say what? That that's why uh, he, he slept next to it. The Gemara tried to prove, how do you know that he must have slept next to the, the Begadim and not on them? And because there is Shabnez. Now obviously there is only a question according to the opinion that says, the belt indeed was Shabnez. So comes the Gemara and says, hold it, maybe you're going to come along and say, Kil'ayim bilbisha asur. Wait, Kil'ayim is only asur by wearing it or placing it on you. Shari, but placing the shanis under you is permissible. Because if you look at the Torah, when the Torah says about shanis, it says alecha. It shouldn't go on you. Here it's going under you. So maybe you have no proof. Maybe there's no isur to lie on shanis. Kevara says that's not so. Tanya, we have a brayta, and the brayta says from the pasuk lo yale alecha. Right? That the sharpness should not go on you. But you're allowed to place it under you. But still the rabbi said, it's forbidden. We're worried that a thread of sharpness, as he's, let's say, uh, lying down or sitting on uh, the uh, sharpness, it might wrap around his body, and therefore it's going to be on him. And you have to say it's going to be substantial enough where he's going to receive hana'ah. What's the hana'ah of sharpness? Where it warms the person. So therefore, you're right. There is no issue of sharpness when it's under you. 
However, midrabanan gezera, that the string might come out, wrap around the person, and they'll have hana. So therefore, we're back to our proof. Must be that the Kohen could not have slept on his begadim. Because the begadim have shatnez. And don't tell me there's no isur shatnez online. There is isur shatnez online. Because maybe the nima will be wrapped around. Oh, so maybe you'll tell me the mafsikle midi bine bine. Maybe you'll tell me no. You had something in between, which is maybe if you put something in between the item. For example, you're not sleeping directly on the clothes. You put something in between. Maybe there's no problem. It's not so. He said in the name of the Kaal Kadosh of Yerushalayim, Afilu Eser Masa'od Zu Al Gavzu. Even let's say ten pillows, one on top of the other. The Kilayim Tahtehen, and under the last one you have Shapnez, Asul Lishon Alehen. It's forbidden to sleep on them. Again, because we're worried that maybe on, from the bottom one will come some threads out and curl around over the person it'll be. So then we have a conclusive proof that we were right in our understanding of the Braita that the Quran could not have been sleeping on the Bigadin themselves. And I had to be sleeping on the side of them. Because otherwise you would have the issue of sharpness. Now, just some uh, insights over here. Uh, the above on Daf Samech, Rashi said that Why? Because he gave the Sevara Like we explained. Because the Torah was not given to angels, and it's, it's inevitable that we're not going to make the person take it off Immediately, and even if we did, he's going to be wearing it for a second. So therefore, it's uh, it's uh, no, not a problem. So he says, That's the logic of the Rishonim and our sugya. That that's why big is really mutar leanot. So the Dba comes along and says, Madua which means. <laughs> The Gemara is going now, a whole discussion, Sha'atnez, it's a problem. So what do we just say that Lonita Turan Malachasharet and Matirit also for the Sha'atnez issue? So based on what we explained from the Tosafot, we have the answer. You're right, they were Matirit, the Gabeh, Levisha. But over here, it's not Levisha, uh, the guy's uh, he's lying on it. That already, we're not going to Matir Sha'atnez for him to go just to let. It's not necessary. And where you had to wear it, so I will even allow it after the wearing. But more than that, we're not going to be matirit. Fine. Comes the comes the mifashim and ask another question over here. They ask a question. We have a principle in shvut b'mikdash, right? We don't have a isud uh, rabbanans, let's say, in the bet mikdash. So the Chaurah here, we're saying that the Kohen cannot sleep on the uh, Begadim. And you're telling me why? Because you have a problem of Sha'atnez. Well, the Chaurah, this problem of Sha'atnez is only Isud Rabbanan. Gezerah, Shem, maybe the thread will, uh, you know, go around him. That's what I mean. If that's only Isud Rabbanan, if he's in the Bet Mikdash, there should be uh, no problem. So the Mepharshim say like this. What's the whole logic of in Shavut B'Mikdash? Why did the rabbis not put any rabbinical restriction? Because we have a general principle, Kohanim Zirizim Him. Kohanim are zealous, they're, they're alert. Usually what's the Rabbanan? It's a Gezerah that you might come to right, do something else. That's the rabbinical uh, law. And Kohen Zeriz, we're not worried that he might come to you know, transgress, the major, transgress the major law. But as you said, that's only when he's awake. <laughs> but when he's sleeping, you can't say Kohanim Zirizim Him. So therefore the rule of in Shavut B'Mikdash would not apply when a Kohen is sleeping. So that's how they, they, they resolve that. Rav Amar, Rav says, no. Le'olam ta'at Rashen. I could argue that really it's talking about where it's under his head. Oh, yes, the question is having an A from Kilayim. Uh, the clothes of the Kohanim were actually uh, hard. 
They were, they were, they were hard. What does it mean? You're not going to get any hana'ah of himum, of heating from garments that are hard. Which means, if it's a soft garment, so when it goes on the body, it gives warmth to the body. A, a garment that's kasher, it might block, let's say, the cold from hitting the body, but it doesn't provide warmth. And therefore, we can say that the big day kuna are kashin, and therefore, uh, no problem. Like we saw, Ravuna said the name of Yeshua. She says this is referring to felt. Namta is felt. Gamda is hard. Hard felt. Dinarash. From a place that's called Narash. Sharia. It's permissible. Why is it permissible? Because since it's hard. So there is no isur of shat there. So therefore we can come along and say really the Kohen was uh, sleeping on the uh, garments themselves. And you have no problem because of the fact that it was... Yes, it was indeed shat there, but it was... It was Kashe was hard. Okay, but I continue. The clothes of... The asur. If a person goes, let's say, outside the bit to make the access to the Medina, to the city, he's wearing them. That's asur. As she says, because he's noheg by him in hag hol. the holy suit over here is isur the banan. Why? Because uh, really, we're coming out you lot of hana from the clothes of the kohen. But what? In the Medina, it's not uh, not proper. However, on the Temple Mount, anywhere on the Temple Mount, but uh, during the Temple Mount, even when it's not during Sha'at Avodah, permissible. Why? Why? Because really it is permissible to have an half from the clothes of the uh, Kohen. Now, a uh, couple of understandings on this piece over here. You're telling me that on Harabayat is permissible. So then why is it Asur when you're not on Harabayat? If Pigdeh Kona's so what's the difference? So that she was masked by you're right. Really, it should be permissible off Harabayat as well. Bemedina, it's just the isud the banan because it's uh, it's the bizui of the begadim. But other mefarshim say no. Uh, when it says that it's asud, even though the word asud normally implies the banan, this isud over here really is hayav. Why? Because you have to remember the begadim ashatnes, and therefore when we make kill. For him to wear the begadim, yeah, that's the bit of mikdash, and we're not gonna wear, we're not gonna have a hanaah problem because what tell you, And once we wave the hanaah issue, we wave the shatnes issue. But to go wear it outside the bit of mikdash, now you're running back into the issue of shatnes uh, because you have uh, you have you have that issue. Ah, you're gonna tell me, but we just said according to one opinion that the big day keuna are kashim. Right, they, 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 they are. Therefore, you really don't have a uh, an issue. So, uh, could be that that's only the gabe, the belt we were discussing. But there were other big dekehuna, for example, the Hoshin, the Efor, that also had sharpness in them, and they were soft. And therefore, outside of the Beit Hamikdash, the wearing of the clothes of the queen would be isur, not mitam hanaa. Would we meet That's the way the Mefarshi one explains. So again, because we have a great Mahlok and I how to learn this Isud over. Is it Isud the Banan like Rashi? Or is it Isud the Oraita because of the Isud of Shatnez? Hashema. Or actually, Ume Medina. No. You're telling me what? In the Medina, outside the Veta Mekdash, it is uh, Asur? Right, you just told me Medina Asur. Is that so? Al-Gibara tells a very famous story, which from the story we see a question. Mara says, Ve'atanya, we have a Braita. This Braita is actually in Megillah Ta'anit. Megillah Ta'anit is a sefer that has in it all the days where you're not allowed to fast or not allowed to eulogize because miracles happened for Klai Yisrael in those days on the 25th day of Tevet Yom Har Girizimu 
It is called Yom Hargirizim, the day of Hargirizim. Mispad. On that day, you can't eulogize. Why? What was the miracle that happened? Yom Shibikshu Kutiim Edbet Elohenu. That was the the Kutiim. Those were the converts uh, that, according to one opinion of the Gemara, were not. Uh, legitimate converts, and they always were uh, thorns in the sides of the religious Jews. So the Gemara says, it was on that day that the Kutiim uh, wanted to destroy the Bet HaMikdash, Alexandros They wanted to go to Alexander from Macedonia, Alexander the Great, and persuade him to destroy the Bet HaMikdash. Mm-hmm. And he gave them permission. So they came to Shimon Tzadik, was the Kohen Gadol at the time, and they told him of the Gezerah. He put on the clothes of the Kehuna, and he wrapped himself as well in the clothes of the Kehuna. And when he brought some of the important Jews with him, and they had torches in the end, and the whole night, both groups, the Kutiim on one side, and Shimon al-Sadiq and the religious Jews on the other side, were both converging to have a meeting with Alexander of Macedonia. They were both walking from both sides at night. Until the dawn came. So Alexander says, who are these people that are coming towards me? Amrullah, so the Kutim that were there already told him, Yehudim Shemar Dubecha. These are the Jews that have rebelled against you. Kiban Shigiyale Antipatres, when they got to the city of Antipatres, that's where they met. Zarhahama, the sun rose, Ufagruze Bazet. Now they met each other. So you had the Kutim, Alexander, and Shimon at Sadiq. When Alexander saw Shimon Tzadik, he got off his chariot, and he prostrated himself in front of Shimon Tzadik. So the Kutim told him, such a great king like you, you're bowing down to this Jew. He said to them, what do you mean? So what are you talking about? This image is the image that I see in front of me that gives me victory in all my wars. Whenever Shimon Tzadik, uh, whenever Alexander Mokadom would go out to war, there was an angel that would go in front of him, and it seems that he saw it, and it would give him victory. And that angel had the image of Shimon and Sadiq. So they said, what do you mean over here? This, this man over here is responsible for all my uh, victories. Amar lahem. Lama batim. So Alexander tells Shimon and Sadiq, what did you come here for? Amru. Efshar. Bayit shemit palelim bo alecha ba'al malchutecha shelot taharev. Could it be the house? The Beit HaMikdash that we pray for you and your kingdom. That it should not be destroyed. Which means they do pray for Shalom Malchut. Like it says in the Mishnah, they would pray for the uh, peace of the government of the time. And also we know that on the holidays they brought Korbanot. For example, on Sukkot they brought 70 Korbanot for the 70 nations of the world. So Yishimon was not lying to Alexander when he said, the house that we pray for your kingdom. You're going to let these these Gentiles, you're going to let them uh, uh, stray you uh, uh, to, to, to destroy it? To, to cause you to make an error to destroy it. Who are these people? What do you mean? These Kutim. So Alexander said, They're yours, do whatever you want with them. They pierced their, their heels, the heels of the Kutim. And they tied in their uh, heels now the uh, tails of the horses. And they put it through the, uh, through the hole, through the pierced archive. Um, and then they dragged them on the back of the horses, they dragged them over the thorns and the thistles. When they got to Argirizim, that was the place where the Kutim lived. Where the Kutim had built their version of a Bet Mikdash, they 
they plowed the ground and they planted over there karshinim, which means they planted over there, uh, you know, uh, uh, food for the uh, animals over there. Why? Exactly what they were trying to do to our Beit HaMikdash. So the Hakamim uh, went and they destroyed their temple, they plowed it up and they planted Karshinim. And at that day they made a Yom Tov. Therefore no fasting, no eulogies. Now the question, bottom line is, but Shimon HaTzadik wore the garments of the Kohen outside Yerushalayim. So the Gemara gives two answers. Means they weren't actually They were worthy to be but they weren't consecrated yet. Which means it was the exact garments that a queen wears. But it's not enough to have the exact garments. You have to have the kedusha. You have to designate them. So they weren't designated yet. So it was okay. And when there's a need. For Hashem, uh, for example, this case over here, there was a pikuach nefesh for Klai Yisrael was in danger. So uh, the Torah is even able to be uh, broken temporarily in order to accomplish the mission. So therefore, you're right. Normally, you wouldn't wear the begadim outside of Yerushalayim. But in this case over here, what are you going to do? Et la Hashem, the pikuach nefesh. Okay. We continue. Hazan HaKeneset Notel Sefer Torah. We learned in the Mishnah that... The Kohen Gadol would now read the Sefer Torah. And there was a certain um, um, protocol how to get the Sefer Torah to the Kohen Gadol. The Hazan HaKeneset, which we explained was the Shamosh. He's the uh, overseer. Hazan is in Aramaic is to look. He was the overseer of the Bet Knesset. He would give it to the Rosh Bet Knesset. The Rosh Bet Knesset was the, which we would call the Mesadir, the one that gives out the Aliyot. The uh, Rosh Bet Knesset would give it to the Segan, that's the vice Kohen, and the Segan would give it to the Kohen Gadol. So the Gemara learns over here a principle. We have a general rule or question. Are you allowed to give Kavod to the student in front of the Rav? Well, no, maybe you're supposed to only give kavod to the Rav, and you don't uh, praise the students in front of the Rav. So from this Gemara, you see what? That yes, indeed, you can't give kavod to the student in front of the Rav. Why? Because otherwise we should just give it straight to the Kohen Gadol. The fact that you're giving it to the, to the Rosh Petekinus, and then the Segan, you're giving them the proper kavod in front of the Rav. So the Gemara says, from here you say... Uh, Shema me now, we can learn from here, Cholkin Kavod the Talmidim Komarav. Are you able to give Kavod to the student in front of the Rav? No, it's no proof. Kula Mishum Kavod the Kohen Gadoli. In this case, it's all the Kavod to the Kohen Gadol. Why? Because she's trying to show the Kohen Gadol, look how many people are under you. She's on the top. So therefore, that's really considered Kavod to the Rav. Comes again when I continue, the Kohen Gadol Omed. It says, when the Kohen Gadol, you know, they're about to give him the Sefer Torah, he would stand, right, and he would receive it. So that's mashma what that he was sitting. Michlal shu Yosef. Wait, ba'anan tenan. But we have a mishnah that says en yeshiva ba'azara ela lemalche bet David bilvad. That we know in the courtyard of the Beit Hamikdash, the only ones that are allowed to sit is kings that come from the Davidic, Davidic dynasty, the Davidic line. Which means only David was able to sit in front of Hashem. Now, even though there was no Bet HaMikdash in the times of David, so the Mephashim explained this referring to the Mishkan, which also had the same status. But the point is that only a king from David is able to sit. The Kohanim, however, who obviously are not from Malchut uh, Bet David, cannot sit. And that's what the Pasuk says, La'amot l'sharet. The service always has to be ba'amida. Oh, so how can it say that he would stand up to receive the Sefer Torah? What are you talking about? How would he stand up? That means he was sitting. How was he allowed to sit? So the Gemara says, Kedamarat nashim. Just like that Hizda, in a different place, answered that it's referring to the Hizrat nashim. Which means there was a courtyard called the Azat Nashim. It should be pointed out that's not the ladies' section, but that's uh, what it was called, where the men obviously would, would stand. In that area, there's no problem of yeshiva. Beyond the Azat Nashim, then you have a problem. Once you get to the, to the, to the Azat Kohanim and the, the, the Kodesh, etc., the Echal. However, this was in the Azrat, Nashim, therefore he was allowed to sit. Comes the Gemara and says, Where do we see that Fazda use this answer of Azrat Nashim? So the Gemara says, Aha, over here, Aha, Metive, on this Metive, which is there was a Metive, a question 
that was asked on our Mishnah, and that Hizda used uh, the answer of Hizda Nashim to answer this question. Aha Metiveh, on this Metiveh that was asked on our Mishnah, the Tanya, because there's a Brayta, this is the Brayta that's going to be a question on our Mishnah. Hekan Korinbo, where did they read it? And as a Machlok, I learned this Brayta. Where did they read what? Where did they read what? Some say, where did they read the Kippur reading? And some say, no, at the end of seven years, uh, they would read a special reading uh, called the, uh, the Mitzvah Hakel. So the question of the uh, Bright is over here: Where did they read this special reading that was done after seven years of Shemitah, the holiday of Sukkot, or is it the reading of Kippur? Hechan Korimbo Bazara. I read it in the Azara, the Sefer Torah. The Bidayim when Yaakov Omer Barabayit. No, no, no. They read it on the. Temple now, because the Pasuk says, Vayikra bo lifne arechov asher lifne sha'ar amayim. Now, bottom line, the question is that uh, it seems that they read the uh, Torah over here in this area, and if you're going to follow the rules of Al Mishnah, that means they were sitting, and when they got the Torah, they stood, but it seems clearly over here it was done in the Hazara. That was done in the Hazara, we're assuming it's the Ezrat Kohanim. If it's Ezrat Kohanim, we have a rule. Kohanim are not allowed to sit over there. So Rav Hazda said, Ramana Hazda, Be'ezrat Nashim. And on that Braita, Rav Hazda said, No, no, no. When it says Hazara, it was in the Ezrat Nashim. So just like we answered Ezrat Nashim to this Braita, we can explain it on our Mishnah as well. It's Ezrat Nashim, and if we have no uh, problem. Comes the Gemara and says, Now we're going to quote some Pisukim from the book of Ezra. Uh, and uh, expound on them. Vaybarich Ezra et Hashema Elohim Hagadol says on that day Ezra Sofer blessed Elohim Hagadol. So the Gemara wants to understand my Gadol. What does this mean, Elohim Hagadol, the Great or the right, the the, the Gadol? What does that mean? Amar of Yosef, Amar of Shigidelo b'Shem Meforash. On that day he used the. Shem Meforash. That's Shem Gadol. Elohim Gadol. He used the uh, name of God. That's uh, explicit. Rav Gidal Amar Baruch Hashem Elohei Yisrael Min Haolam VeAd Haolam. On that day, Ezra Sufer made a takana in the Beit Hamikdash. Originally, in the Beit Hamikdash, the ends of the Berachot were not like we say Baruch Atah Hashem. For example, Chonen Adat. They would say Baruch Hashem Min Haolam Chonen Adat. But what was happening? The tzedukim were coming along and saying, Min ha'olam, there's only one olam. Olam hazeh, there's no olam abba. So on that day, Ezra Sofer said, For now on the ending of the Berakaz, Baruch Hashem min ha'olam. Ve'ad ha'olam. Min ha'olam ve'ad ha'olam. He added an extra olam there, so there's no question that there's olam hazeh and olam abba. So that's what it means. He prays or he blessed at the shemenim ha'gadol. Which means he expanded the ends of the Berachot in the Beit HaMikdash. Amar le Abayyad Ravdimi, so Abayyad Taz Ravdimi, v'delma shikidelo v'shemim meforash. What do you mean? How do you know? Maybe, maybe it was shemim meforash. How do you know that it was not, that he did not expand and say the shemim meforash? Amar le enomim shemim meforash begivudim. You're not allowed to say the shemim meforash begivudim. Outside the uh, uh, the, 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 the Kodesh of the Beit HaMikdash which means where was Ezra standing we just said he was standing Ezra Nashim Ezra Nashim is considered Gibbudin in Ezra Nashim it's not Kodesh you cannot say the Shem you have to be actually inside the Beit HaMikdash proper that's why he didn't want to say the uh, the answer is Shem Mephorash so the Gibbudin says Velo you're not allowed to say Shem Mephorash in the Ezra Nashim or outside doesn't it say now we're going to have to read the amendments over here of the Gaon Neville because he changes this Pasuk over here so read the Gaon Gimal Vayizaku Bekol Gadol it says the people cried out Bekol Gadol keyword there Gadol in a, in a great voice second wide line and Rav Gidal said Shigdelo B'Shem Meforash so they called out to God using His great name. And where were the people standing? And there's that Nashim. So you see what? Even outside, you're allowed to say these Shemim Forash. That was a special ruling for the moment that Klai was praying and the Azazvet gave them a dispensation. But normally, 
outside, you're not allowed to say the Shem HaMefurash. And we'll see exactly why were they praying for. What was the need to make a Hodah that you have to use the Shem HaMefurash. Come on, we'll explain in a moment. Now, look at the Dalit in the Ga'on Mevim, because he also, uh, he just changes from the word Vayitz'aku to Vayiz'aku. Vayiz'aku el Hashem Elohim Bekol Gadol. And that Pazuka says, they called out to God, they called Gadol. What was the prayer that they made? My Amur, Amara, Betima, Rabbi Yohanan, Baya, Baya. They called out to God. Baya, Baya is like, whoa, whoa. Hainu, Hai. It is this item. Which item are they referring to? This is the famous story how the men of the Great Assembly, who Ezra Sufet was a member of, prayed for the destruction of the Yitzhara of Abu Dazara. The Yitzhara of Abu Dazara in those days was very powerful. So at that point, Azaz Sufet said, it's too much. There's no generation that can withstand the temptation. So they prayed for God to get rid of it. So they said, Hainu Hai, it is this item. The Yitzhara of Abu Dazara, the Ahrebel Mikdasha. It caused our first bit of Mikdash to be destroyed. It caused the Echal to be burnt. And it caused all the Tzaddikim to perish. And it caused the Jewish people to be exiled from their land. And it's still dancing this Yitzhara amongst us. God, didn't you only give it to us this Yitzhara? Just so we can get reward, meaning so we can overcome it and get reward. We don't want the Yitzhara, nor do we want the reward. Which means we'll pass. All the benefits that you get, we're willing to forego and just take away the Yitzhara. So a pitka, a note, fell from the heavens. That said on it, emit, which is as if God was saying, I agree, you're right. From here you learn a side point. That the seal of a Gadol Baruch is emit. Because normally we have a king that gives an order, he puts his signet, he signs. So God sent out a message. With the word emet on it. Obviously that's God's signet is the word emet. Otibu betaanita tlata yomin vitlata lelevaata. They went on a three day fast. Actually three days and three nights. Masru nihalayu. And after the three days and three nights, Borealam gave over the Yitzhak to them. How did it happen? Nafak, they went out. At, or it went out. Atta. A fiery uh, lion, like a cub, came out of the Beit HaMikdash, from the Kodesh Kodashim. So the fiery lion emerges out of the Kodesh Kodashim. So the Prophet Zechariah tells the Jewish people, That's it. That's the Avodah Zarah. That's the Yitzhah of Avodah Zarah. He said, Zot This is the, the wickedness. So now they were trying to catch it. So as they were trying to catch it, They by mistake pulled out one of its hairs. And when the Yetzirah, one of its hairs got pulled out, it let out a roar, a scream. And the voice traveled 400 parse, which is to the whole distance of Eres Israel, the whole area of Eres Israel. So the rabbis, they got scared. So what do we do now? She's now maybe as a result of this screaming, Maybe God's going to have mercy on him. And he's going to let him uh, go back. So Amar Lehu Navi, so the Navi says, no problem. Put him in a box made out of lead. And cover the uh, box with lead. 
Because lead is the best insulator from sound. It soundproofs. So there, but as she says, the best insulator in the metals for sound is lead. And therefore, he says, listen, we got to stop it from uh, screaming. Why right? to put it in the lead box, cover it up, and it's okay. Shine the prophet said, this wickedness, they placed it in the box. And they placed the lead on top of it. Now it should be pointed out that that's what the Gemara Sukkah says, that the Yetzirara is compared to a hair. Meaning it's very, very small. Which means at that moment, Achimim were able to really get rid of the Yetzirara. But when they pulled out the hair, that's what remains of the Yetzirara. So today we're only fighting a little piece of the original Yetzirara, let's say, its potency that originally was. So that's how they got rid of the Yetzirara for Avodah Zarah. So the Hachamim said, Amru, Hu'il ve'et ratzonu. Already we see that this is et ratzon, it's an auspicious moment. Nive'e rachameh ayitzra da'avera. Let's get rid of the Yetzirara of Gidu'i Arayot, of uh, immorality. We will uh, get that Avodah Zarah, we'll get uh, that Yetzirara out, uh, out of commission as well. Ba'ur rachameh. So they prayed. Ve'imsar bi'yadayu. And what? It was given over to them as well. Amar diu, but the Yetzirah told the Hachamim, Hazu, see to it, Di'i katlitu le'lahu gavra, if you're going to kill me, if you're going to get rid of me, the Yetzirah is talking, Kalya alma. It's going to be the destruction of the world. He's trying to say, to get rid of the Yetzirah of immorality, it's going to take away the desire for even a man to be with his wife. And therefore there's not going to be children. And therefore you're, you're only damaging yourself if you're going to get rid of me. So they want to make a test. So they uh, incarcerated him for three days. It says they needed a one day old egg. An egg that was freshly born for a sick person. It seems there's a certain ifuah that you have to give him an egg that was hatched today. They looked all around Eris Yisrael, they couldn't find it. Because what was happening, since the Yetzirah of, of uh, immorality was taken away from the world, even the eggs, even the chickens were not mating anymore. Which means you couldn't even have uh, eggs that were, uh, that were being hatched. So they said, what are we going to do over here? Niktele to kill this Yetzirah in totality, Kalya Alma. It's going to be a destruction to the world. So maybe we'll make a deal. We'll split it. Which means uh, get rid of the immorality part, but keep the uh, keep the good part of it. Can't do that. Palga lo Yeah, God doesn't do that. You can't split. The, just take the, the the good and leave the bad. So what they do? Kahlinu they blinded it in one of its in its eyes. Which is they took kahl, uh, like mascara or, or ointment, and they stuck it in his eyes to blind him. The shavku, and they and they left him. Now that blindness weakened him to a certain extent. To what extent? The ahane At least a person today does not have a desire for his relatives. Which means for his mother, for his sisters, etc. Which means it weakened it to, to that point. It seems that until that point, the Yetzirah Fa'arayot was even for, uh, for things that are unimaginable. Comes Gibran says, In the West, they had the following uh, interpretation. They learned like this. Rav Gida says, Gadol, when it says the word Gadol, that they called out to God, they called Gadol, Shigidelo Beshem Meforash. He said, he called out in the Shem Meforash. Then Rav Matna says, Ha'el Gadol, Gibor, Vanora. That at that day, they had Shekinist, the Gadol reinstituted, that when one prays the Amidah, you can praise God with all the praises. Ha'el Gadol, Hagibor, Vanora. That means they, they, they made God Gadol again. They brought back the praises. Why? They had Rav Matna, Misa'ya, you have to change that word Matiyat, Misa'ya, 
Why were these men called the men of the great assembly, right? The chicken is that Gedola. They brought the crown back to its original glory. Why? When Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah, Amar, right, He praised God with those praises. So the Goyim are... Mekarkerin. How do they explain the word mekarkerin? Uh, croaking. Croaking. Okay, I mean like they're uh, they're uh, they're singing in the hechal when they destroyed Nebuchadnezzar and Titus. I'm sorry, not uh, Titus. Nebuchadnezzar. When he went into the hechal, they were singing in the hechal and celebrating. So he says, Ayeh nor otav. How can you call God nora? God's awe. What awe? These guys have no awe of God. They're dancing in their God. They have no uh, no respect. Lo amam nora. So Yirmiyah uh, in his prayers, he stops saying the word nora. He says, uh, we don't see the nora. Atta Daniel. Prophet Daniel came. Amar nukhrim mishta'abim bebanav. Daniel was in the time of Paras. Says they're, they're persecuting God's children. Ayyegiburotav. Where's God's strength? Where's God's Giburah? No, Amar Gibor. So Daniel took out of the prayers the word Gibor. Atu Inu. So they came along and said, Ve'amru Adraba, Zuhi Giburotav. Let's get the right Kirsade. Adraba, Zuhi Giburotav, Shekovesh, Et Retsono. On the contrary, that's God's strength. That He. Uh, uh, he controls his uh, anger. That what? Shinoten erech apayim l'rashaim. That God gives uh, patience to this child, which is even though they're persecuting God's children, and God in one second can obliterate all of them. Here you see the gibura, which means the self-control of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, that is patient with them, even though they're persecuted. They, they said, Adrabad, now's the best time to use the praise of gibor. And you know what, where you see God's awe? Because if it wasn't for the fact that there must be an awe of a Kadosh Baruch Hu and fear in the world, how can one nation exist amongst all the nations around it? Which means that that's the biggest miracle. The fact that the, the, the Nebuchadnezzar and the Parsim and all that, and we're still around. That's the greatest Norah, it's the greatest that one, like the Gemara says in a different place, that one sheep is able to exist around 70 wolves. So the Adrabah, they came back and they called the men of the greatest seven because they came back with the praise of God. So when it says they called out to God, they called Gadol, they put back a Gadol and a Gibor and Norah. How did the rabbis undo a tekana that Moshe Rabbeinu did? Moshe Rabbeinu says in the Torah, The rabbis can come along and uh, uproot it? They know that God is emet. They know that God is emet. God, as we just learned, is hotam, is emit, it's truth. And therefore they know that God does not want them to say something that if they feel is not, emit. How can they get up and say, when they feel that those midot are not manifest? And therefore they felt, you're allowed to take it away because it's not emit. And God does not want his children to get up and say things that are shikarim. Comes the Gemara and says, the two parashiyot that the Quran would read from the Sefer Torah was Acharemot and Achta'asur, which is in Parashat Emor, which means he would have to roll the Sefer Torah after he finishes Acharemot, which is also in Vayikra, he was able to roll it to the, uh, the later parashat. Urmini, we have a contradiction. Medalegin benavi, ve'en medalegin Torah. When one is reading the Navi, the Haftarah, it's permissible to roll from one section to another section. But when one's reading the Sefer Torah and the Sibur, there's no rolling. Which means you don't ro- roll from one area to another. And here, that's what the Quran did. After he finished reading a Haremot, 
he rolls it to a different section. What do you mean? I thought Em Medalegin. Kemal says, Lo Kashya. Kan Begdeshi Yafsika Turgeman. Kan Begdeshi Lo Yafsika Turgeman. You have to remember in the olden days they used to have an, a, a, an interpreter. What was the interpreter? It was called a Turgeman. They would read a Pasuk and then the interpreter would explain it to the people in Aramaic. Because you have to remember most of the people do not speak Lashon HaKodesh. Now, the deen is like this. We're concerned about Torah Sibur. We don't want the Sibur to have to be delayed even for a slight moment. So the Adakha, the Kortanis Gemara is saying like this. If you need to turn, let's say, the Sefer to a different section, if you can get to the next section, by the time the Meturgiman finishes interpreting the Pasuk and he can pick up right away, no problem. However, if uh, the Turgiman is going to finish and you're still turning, that's no good. So then we can answer the question. Since Parashat Aharemot, the Parashat Emot is closed, so we're not worried. Therefore, the, the Kohen would read the uh, Pasuk, the Meturgiman is interpreting, and while well, he's interpreting, he would turn the Torah, and he would be there by the time without any uh, hefsek. That's the Gemara's answer. So comes the Gemara and says, hold it. But we learned regarding this statement of rolling the sefer, binavi. But after you're allowed to roll the el medalegin b'torah. But you don't do it by the Torah. The ad kama medaleg. Oh, and that which you said by navi, by navi, that you're able to roll. How much could you roll? Bechdesh shelo yafsika turgeman. Which means the Turgeman rule, it seems, was only said by Navi. But it's not by Torah at all, you're not allowed to roll. Which means, the Gemara explains like this it depends if it's one subject or two subjects. Meaning like this. In Navi, Navi is more like uh, rebuke or stories and things like that. And therefore, we don't want to have any Torah Sibur by Navi either. You're only allowed to roll if you're going to be able to pick up right away when the Turgiman finishes. But you know what? By Navi, we allow you to go from one subject to another subject. But Torah needs a lot of concentration. Because Torah is laws. Torah is all the Dalachot. And therefore... For sure, we only allow you to roll if you're going to make it in time after Turgiman, but only by one anyan. Because we don't want the kahal now to lose their trend and lose their mind. And therefore, since by Kippur, it's the same subject. The Aharemot talks about the Kippur service, and Parashatayimot talks about the Kippur service. So again, the rule would be it was only mutar because it was had anyana. One Enyan, and also they were able to make it by the time the Turgiman was finished. Now let's look at the Rashi for a second. Me'anyan Echad, that's the bottom Rashi on the top. Kegon Hacha, like over here. Shishteh parashiyot medabrot be'anyan yom kippurim. Both subjects over talking about yom kippur. Medalginan, so you're able to roll. U'bekhdesh shilo yafsika Turgiman. But so long as the Turgiman doesn't finish. Be'hadiktani da'afinu bekhdesh shilo yafsik na'meh lo yedaleg. Um, uh, according to the, the bright that it's master that you shouldn't skip at all that's talking about b'shti'anyanim which is when it comes to b'shti'anyanim even if you make it in time by Torah you don't roll why? what is the Torah? it's warnings it's the punishments it's the mitzvot it's got to enter the, uh, the, the, the hearts when you're skipping around, he loses his concentration. So the Gemara uh, concludes the Hatanya. This Hatanya is not a question. This Hatanya is actually a proof to the concept that we just said. So you see, you can skip from place to place. When it comes to the Navi, you can even go from. Two circles, again, this lighter uh, subject. People can pay attention. However, kan vekan, both by the Torah and by the Navi, that's only so long as you'll make it that the Turgeman will not have to stop. However, you're not allowed to go from one book to another book. Even in Navi, it's only from the... From one part of the Sefer to the other part of the Sefer. But to jump from one book 
to another, that's already too much. That already will cause um, uh, too much uh, confusion. However, that's the book of Then already it's permissible to skip because it's all considered one, you know, separate Nevi'im, it's 12 different books in one, but it's all considered really one subject. However, the Ibrahita concludes, Ubilvad, Shelo Yidaleg, Mesopha Sefer, Lithilato. But even in Navi, even in one book, you can't go backwards. You can't go Mesopha Sefer, Lithilato, because that already would cause. The uh, the confusion. Now, the Tosafot explains when it says Bavachlo Yidaleg, Tosafot explains over here. Look at the top Tosafot, Bavachlo Yidaleg. Mesuf is the end of the first Mesuf Tre'asad Tre'lato. Don't think it's referring to Tre'asad. You can go backwards in Tre'asad. Tibken Afilu Mitre'lato Lesofah Namelo Dainu Bekteshi Asikatur Gevan because. Even going forward, you won't be able to beginning to end because there's no way you're going to get to the beginning to the end before the Turgeman, uh, by the Turgeman finishes. So therefore, who is that referring to? Ela misofa sefer litzat tehilato klal klalo, which means going backwards at all. Which when it says, ubevachri delik misofa sefer litzat doesn't mean to go to the end to the beginning. It means towards the beginning. Which means in any sefer, you can't go backwards. Because that already causes tiruf. Which is, it's almost like a, a good point. Don't think it's the beginning, the, the, from the end to the beginning. You'll never get to the, to the beginning of any sefer in, in time. And the Hindus says you cannot even go backwards anywhere. Why? Because it will cause uh, tiruf. Why don't I have two sifrets for that? Amen. Amen. Amen.